After having her housing supply proposals rebuffed by state lawmakers during the legislative session, Governor Hochul took unilateral steps this summer to incentivize local policies that foster more home creation. But these executive actions will likely only have an impact around the margins in terms of New York's need for more housing. So it's likely the governor and state legislature will be debating home creation during the 2024 legislative session. To discuss the future policy debates, as well as consider the actions taken this summer by the governor, we're joined in the studio by Senate Housing, Construction, and Community Development Committee Chair Brian Kavanaugh, a Manhattan Democrat. Welcome back to the Capitol Press Room, Senator. Always great to be here. So a program implemented this summer by the governor essentially gives municipalities bonus points uh, when vying for discretionary pools of state funds if they take steps to remove barriers to home creation or hit certain growth goals. What do you think of this carrot approach to increasing the housing supply? I, I think in, as a general matter, it's uh, worth considering whether we can do what the governor had tried to do with mandates uh, during the session through incentives. And I think a lot of folks in the legislature last spring who were skeptical of some of the mandates had proposed incentives. So that what the governor's done is put $650 million and basically allowed localities to apply to demonstrate that they are pro-housing. Right. That would be a designation by the state housing agency that either they're achieving growth targets or they are taking steps to make their regulatory environment such that they'll build more housing. And my understanding is that they have now made that program available. And in the last three weeks or so, they've had a couple of localities apply for that status. So I think it remains to be seen. It's certainly, from my perspective, a positive thing. Uh, but as you noted at the top of the program, I think it's unlikely to have a fundamental effect you know, relative to the scale of the housing that we need. Well, when it comes to incentives, how does this compare to what the legislature was looking to advance as part of the budgetary discussion? Because this is all existing funding we're talking about. Essentially, it's saying, okay, you've done a good job on housing, so we're going to give you a little extra credit when considering your applications for other pools of money. Was that what the legislature envisioned, or were you looking to put aside new pots of money? I think it's similar. I think the governor had proposed substantial amounts of money as part of her housing compact last year. So there was definitely a notion that the budget would have new money on the table. We ended up doing some new funding, both for expense and capital last year, but none of it related to the housing compact. So I think that, you know, there's a difference what you do in the off session through an executive order and what you might do through a budget process. So in the spring, we were talking about how to spend money, which is the budget is about. I assume next spring we'll be again talking about that. So I think that if the governor wants to have a conversation about how to use financial incentives to get localities to allow more housing to be constructed, I think she'd have an audience in the legislature that'd be willing to have that conversation. And I think, again, you could, you could put much more money on the table through that process if you chose to. Is it your expectation, as you think about our financial position right now and moving forward, that New York will be in a place as we look to craft a budget between January and March that we can commit hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars towards something like this? Well, I mean, we are already, the current five-year plan in which we're in year two amounts to $25 billion if you include all the tax credits that, that flow through the state's hands. Mm-hmm. It's about $5.5 billion of direct capital subsidies. But I think that what the governor did, as I understand it, is take various programs where she thought through an executive order she could create a preference. Uh, but there are very large amounts of money that are available to localities. Uh, And I think if you were crafting a program where you wanted to say that pro-housing communities have access to that, and it wouldn't just be, I mean, it's not, I think 
you know, one one way to think about it is like, well, we're rewarding them for good behavior. But on the other hand, I think a lot of localities have made the point that if they want to do much more development, they need you know additional infrastructure. They need water and sewer infrastructure. They need other things. So, so rewarding places that are willing to use those funds for new housing might be a sensible approach. But again, I think it's it's I think last year I think the governor had you know a vision that she wanted us to adopt as part of the budget, uh, and I think that you know, their decision at that time was not to sort of take portion, probably not even half a loaf from their point of view, but a portion of the loaf in the context of the budget process. But now that she's she's in two different ways using her executive uh, authority in the off session, I, you know, I don't, I don't hear my colleagues objecting to what, to the incentive program that she's proposed. But I think, you know, in a negotiation where we're considering all the levers that might be available, we might have, we might have something very different and more robust if we're doing it in the budget process next year. Well, in addition to leveraging discretionary funding, the governor also made uh, commitments and sort of looked like to emphasize this summer the idea that we should be trying to utilize existing tax breaks for new housing creation, essentially trying to find a way around the fact that a popular housing credit had expired uh, in the last couple of years. What do you think of this way of incentivizing housing? So what she proposed is a specific treatment of this Gowanus development. Mm-hmm. It's a series of different properties with several developers involved, but it's been approved through the city of New York's land use process. There's about 8,000 units expected to be built there, about 30% of which would be affordable. And they have made the point that they may, some of those developers may not be able to meet a construction deadline in the existing tax program. And so the what the governor's plan is offering is basically is a fairly complicated transaction, but roughly speaking, the city would take possession of the property and then return it back, and it would come with benefits that are comparable to the 429A program. Gowanus is kind of the poster child for a project that most people think uh, was worthwhile, even under 429A, which had many projects people were more skeptical of. Whether this is a sensible mechanism, whether the developers in Gowanus are going to think that's the way to go forward, I think is still an open question. And again, it's it's more of a stopgap measure. It's quite limited relative to the productivity that you had through the 429A program over many years. It, it's only about a quarter of the estimated number of units that are currently out there being constructed that might be eligible for 421A. I honestly don't know if it's going to work. It is pretty innovative. It might be more complex than some of the developers want to deal with. And I think it's no substitute for uh, figuring out how to create uh, programs that incentivize people over the long term and are not just limited to one uh, area of Brooklyn. Well, the announcement, as you said, dealt with Gowanus. But when we spoke with the state's housing czar, Ruth Ann Visnauskas, about this initiative and whether there were implications for this outside of the state, she made the argument that IDAs, particularly local IDAs, have some broad latitude to utilize their ability to issue tax credits and tax incentives for housing initiatives. So is that something that we should be leaning on more? Should we be leaning on these uh, alleged job creation entities to use their tax cutting ability to help spur on house growth? I, I think the issue is always what you're getting, what the public is getting relative to the money that they're foregoing. I think that the existing 420A program in New York and some of the other tax incentives around the state have not focused in the past on providing enough affordability in exchange for the amount of, for the very long-term reduction in tax revenues that come with those deals. 
but I'm not opposed to using tax incentives per se to promote public goods, including affordability. I mean, we're also going to be doing a lot to promote sustainability, environmental sustainability in, in implementing the CLCPA, the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act. So, you know, I think that if you get the numbers right and you have the authority to do it, uh, it's not a bad way to go. I do think that, you know, at least in New York City and with a program that has previously been citywide and is intended to address New York City's very high real estate taxes that, that apply to rental housing that most people, I think, are going to perceive it to be a better route if we can come up with a new program that balances the relevant interests. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about efforts to increase the rate of home creation in New York. And our guest is State Senator Brian Kavanaugh, a Manhattan Democrat who chairs his chamber's committee on housing. And looking ahead to 2024, has the conversation around housing policies changed at all uh, in the state legislature, or are the pieces on the board basically where they were when lawmakers left here in June? I think there's a phenomenon where people sort of take a breath after a sort of brutal negotiation. We had two sort of brutal negotiations. One was uh, in the process of the budget, which was more than a month late, so that concluded on May 2nd. And then we had a second round where we tried to come to a consensus on a really broad package. Uh, and that, you know, fell apart in the first week of June. So I think that, you know, parties have gone back. You know, a lot of us in the legislature have been working on issues in our districts. Uh, we're, you know, we're past Labor Day. We're into the fall. And I think now is the time we start looking at what's going to be possible uh, in the coming year. I think the executive branch, as far as I can tell, is starting to have those conversations among themselves and with allies. I've talked with people in the real estate industry, uh, labor leaders and colleagues, and certainly, you know, people who worry about protecting tenants and promoting affordable housing. And I think that I think it, it will be many of the issues that were on the table in June. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, certainly, you know, tenant protections like uh, the uh, good cause eviction proposal. And certainly, I know for a fact that a lot of the real estate uh, interests in New York are, are trying to figure out how to solve this 429A problem. We've got commercial conversions of buildings both in New York, you know, conversions from commercial to residential uses, which is a big issue in New York, but also in other parts of the state. So I think th those issues will be there. But there may be new approaches and new a new mix that we can that allow us to get to a deal. And frankly, I thought I think we were fairly close to doing some very big things in June. So I'm I'm optimistic that we'll get something uh, something uh, done this year. Well, when I think about the horse trading that's involved in either controversial or complicated issues, which just obviously is, as you just touched on, the whole wide gamut of housing issues that are under consideration. You know, I try to imagine what everyone wants to get from this debate, and I can't for the life of me think about or identify what it is that suburban Democrats are going to want to get out of this housing debate. So is there something I'm missing? Is there something that they want? And if not, does that mean for housing to get done in a comprehensive, meaningful way that you need to loop in some other carrot or incentive not related to housing to get those suburban Democrats uh, on board? I mean, there's been a long history of uh, the, the grand bargain that has, you know, puts nine disparate things into one bill and everybody votes for it because there's, you know, something in it for them. I do think that suburban... Democrats and suburban residents in general understand that uh, there's a housing shortage. Uh, and, you know, in places like Nassau and Suffolk County, they're producing housing at about 20% of the national rate. And when I, I, I've done events out there where everyone will acknowledge, you know, uh, schools can't recruit students or faculty, businesses can't have new workers, uh, people, you know, go off to college and there's no 
viable option for, for them to live in the community they grew up in other than living in, you know, their bedroom that they grew up in or their parents' basement. Or an illegal ADW. Or there's, yeah, there's various, uh, there's various uh, alternatives. But I think, you know, I think most people recognize that we need to address this. Housing is a crisis. It's an, it's a, it's an eviction crisis in many parts of the state. It's definitely an affordability crisis, especially in the New York part metropolitan area. It is a housing quality crisis in parts of the state, especially in Western New York and some of the big cities up there. So, you know, I think I don't talk to anybody who doesn't think that major action is needed. A lot of my colleagues are very skeptical of the state using mandates to override local control. I was someone that, you know, for a very long time, even before the governor proposed it, I talked about the importance of making sure that localities were not blocking housing. But that is one that is one part of this. But I think we have many tools and many uh, approaches that we can take. And I think that you know I don't I don't think my colleagues in Westchester or, or Long Island or anywhere else in the state think that doing nothing is really an option here. But then you envision there being something in the housing conversation that they would find appealing or would make them swallow some of the other elements that uh, they aren't so excited about. Yeah, I think that well, we we had you know there was a there was a press release that the Speaker of the Assembly and the Majority Leader of the Senate uh, put out at the end of the session that indicated that we thought we had uh, a, an agreement among legislators that would have moved things forward significantly. We thought we had the votes in both houses for that. Uh, there was a back and forth with the governor's office about exactly what that was or how final it was. But I, I am confident that my colleagues in the legislature and I can move significant legislation. And I'm confident that the governor is serious about solving this problem. And this time last year, everybody was going into the session, toward the session, thinking this was going to be the the year of housing. And it was partly because of the governor's uh, embrace of this. And the governor announced that more than 800,000 units over 10 years was the goal. That would be a huge increase over prior production rates. And I think that's still the case. And I think the governor is still sincerely committed to this. And I think that my colleagues in the legislature are as well. And I, I do think we will solve uh, some big problems this year and move things forward. I can't say that you know some of the the proposals, even some of the topics that were couldn't be the basis for any agreement last year will be back on the table. But certainly, certainly we will come to agreement on maybe certainly is too strong a word in Albany. But it seems it seems I'm very optimistic that we will be able to come to an agreement. And that again, getting you know getting 32 votes in the Senate and 76 votes in the Assembly, uh, especially if you're relying heavily on Democratic votes, is challenging. It, it requires a broad consensus among legislators. And what I'm saying is I think we can get there, and I think we can get there with the governor. Well, we've been speaking with State Senator Brian Kavanaugh. He is the chair of the Senate's Committee on Housing, Construction, and Community Development. Senator, thank you so much for making the time. My pleasure. business agency or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.